0: i know tim stout is a huge incubus fan let's bring in uh the legend the dean of sports for 53 years in the great state of michigan from wilx the legendary tim stout tim welcome to the show
1: thank you i'm glad to be here glad to visit with you you're doing a great job today as usual no problem
0: thank you tim uh, did did somebody pay you to say that i think that's because uh, i'm not i'm not doing a good job
1: well, uh, you've got good people around. You've got good people, and you got a big audience that Bill gives everybody. So, you know, and it's a good time of year because we're getting closer to the fall from a sports standpoint. You know that. Right on, yeah.
0: right on. Now, I want to pick your brain on sports things, but I still, I also want to talk to you about, you know, some of what you do, man. Because 53 years in this business, and you have just been a pillar uh, throughout it. How does one do that? Because you have had a fantastic career, and it's still going strong, Tim
1: well i've been fortunate, you know in a variety of ways. number one, you got to have obviously good health. you have to have great people around you. I tell people that all the time i've had great management people i've worked for about these six different managements, two t v stations and then the radio show that we do you know ten to one every day on w v f n that's in its thirty first year and it's had several owners, but it's just worked out that you know they like the format and you know to be honest with you I've kind of taken an attitude when somebody asks you to do something whether you agree with them or not do it cheerfully and do it supportively and be loyal and all that kind of thing and it's just kind of worked out that way that doesn't mean that all the time that we've always agreed on everything but for the most part Mm -hmm. you know it's uh, you know it's been fun but I've had great people around me and I claim in any walk of life I don't care who you are if you want to be good at what you do you cannot do it alone whether you're a doctor a politician an athlete whatever do you have great people to help you and are you loyal to them so that it lasts for a while I'd like to think mm-hmm. you know it's lasted for a while because of great people
0: uh, what do you prefer can you say can you put a a fine point on it TV or radio or is there, or, or can you is it just benefits of uh, of each of those are, are are so different
1: yeah I think they play off each other I mean uh You know, like I said, I've had great management people who allow me to do both. And then, uh, you know, I'm 74 now, and seven years ago, when the contract in TV expired, I told them I was trying to figure out a way to get a little more energy, and uh and they offered to let me just do the six o'clock sports and all the stuff during the day and be done at six thirty and not do the eleven. And that's been a that's been a real help because I don't really do the eleven. Once six thirty comes, the or the sports world can come to an end, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. And we have good people on our staff too that you know go through the entire day, and and that helps a great deal too. So you know, but even though the day starts relatively early, I've got an hour or two between radio and TV, and then when I come in, you know, putting together the TV. TV, one thing that helps is you just had three hour or three hours of radio, so everything that's going on all day long, you're kind of right. into, and you do that coming in, so you kind of have a starting place there as to what to assemble. And when you're doing, you know, four minutes on TV, that's a lot easier than doing three right, hours on right. radio relative to filling the whole thing, as you know.
0: Oh, well, what industry has had more changes in your opinion? Because they're both very different. As well, it's been a very changing landscape over the years, Tim.
1: I think TV's much much different because cable came along in 79 when I started you know in, in this market there were basically three stations and what, and what you said on the year in 1971 or two or three, whatever, everybody heard because they didn't have any options to go watch something somewhere else. Now, you know, I mean, you, you, you've you got streaming, you've got, I mean, there's just so many different ways right. for people to observe broadcasts and TV with all the sports channels and everything else. So, from that standpoint, you know, I think it's been a real challenge for local news, but I think radio's held, as you know, I think radio's been able to hold this place—it's in the cars. Uh, you can get it on your iPhone now. It's amazing to me how many people we hear from from anywhere in the world simply because they can put an app on there or go to the website, uh, the internet, and listen to whatever's on the air. And it's so much more accessible than it used to be. And I think there will always be room for radio, one way or the other, whether it's listening to music talk information emergencies whatever it is i think there's always going to be a place for radio tv it's hard to tell moving forward because i don't think as many young people want to pay for subscription television and that's going to turn things in my opinion upside down relative to rights fees and sports because that money isn't going to be available Mm -hmm. in my opinion as it has been to this point
0: uh you have um had some of the most amazing personalities and coaches uh, in and around the East Lansing area, Do, which one stands out to you as the most memorable?
1: Well, I guess I'd have to say Magic Johnson, and not only now, but you know, I always tell him he's sixty-three now, and I, you know, I tell him when he's back here because his family, you know, he just lost his dad this summer, uh, but his mother's still, you know, hanging in there, and and a lot of his siblings, so he gets back here from time to time. And I tell him, you know, my favorite days of his career, and he's always in the news, he just bought the Washington Commanders as a minority owner in the NFL. But I tell him, you know, I go back to the high school days, and I tell people my, frankly, of the 53 years, my three favorite were 75, 6, and 7, because those were his high school days at Lansing Everett. And there will never be a high school scene anywhere in my lifetime, anyway, that will replicate what it was like here the three years that he was in high school playing across the state of Michigan. We did every one of his games on radio. I did 10 of his games on TV each of the two years he was at Michigan State. And that was, you know, that was great. But. And, and the Michigan State people, they were coming into basketball when he arrived in the mid 70s before it really was a whole lot. Plus, high school basketball here dominated because he and Jay Vincent were the two big shots on the scene and they were going to Michigan State. So, all the Michigan State people had a chance to get warmed up for him. And Kelser was already here and Judd was in his second year. And it was truly, no pun intended, a magical time in Jenison Fieldhouse. But the three years at Lansing Everett, you know, I'm a young guy and I'm, you know, and I've been much to all these. These big crowds, and I know it's a big deal with him the way he's playing and the crowds that they're drawing. I mean, I would say him certainly, there have been many Michigan State coaches through the years. Uh, some of my favorites weren't the ones that weren't here the longest uh, Denny Stoltz, Daryl Rogers. You uh, know, I did uh, all five of Nick Saban's coaches' show years here from '95 to '99, and I always have liked Nick. I, I still Every now and then, you know, I get a chance to reminisce with him. We had a good relationship I never had a problem with. I knew the rules, but I never had a problem with him. And I thought that he was destined for more more success somewhere, somehow down the line than what he had at Michigan State, because I think he felt that if it was going to be in football in college, he frankly needed an area or a program which had a little bit better chance to stand on the national cha- stage. And while he liked LSU and that would have been great for him, I just think when it, after going to the NFL for a season, Alabama fell into place and he stayed there ever since. Um but, you know, those guys, um, Duffy Doherty and football at Michigan State. I grew up. I lived with his son in college for a couple of years. we We ran, you know track together at high school. Uh, he lived across the street. He didn't live in the houses the coaches live in now. I can tell you that. and And obviously, when you've been around Izzo for forty years because he's been an assistant coach here, you know, more than ten years, and then he took over. And his is an amazing story. He has a lot of the same traits. We were talking about this on the air today. He has a lot of the same personality traits uh, that um, that Saban has, and they and those two are both friends to this day. They communicate. Uh, they tease each other all the time, and they kind of came through. You know, at the same time, Tom's going to be seventy in January. Saban's mm-hmm. seventy-two now, and yet they both have a thirst to keep competing. And having success in a vastly changing college athletics world—it's a lot different for them now mm-hmm. than it was when they got going more than twenty years ago.
0: Tim Stout from the game seven thirty WVFN in Lansing. You can of course WI You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Stout S T A U D T one zero or Tim Stout ten. Uh, back to Magic. So uh, at Everett, he comes in as a this is a fifteen or sixteen year old. Uh, man, man child, I guess. Was it his first game? You were like, oh my gosh, look at this kid. Or did you expect him to be that good in that first game?
1: Well, the story, which has made the rounds and it's accurate now, one of my very closest friends was the uh, high school beat writer for the Lansing State Journal. And he called me, you know, and he's in his early 20s. I'm in my early 20s. We got the jobs we got because we came with a terrific. Opportunity and a terrific resume, we came cheap. And uh, <laughs> if, we would, if, if we would have come with expensive on it, then they might not have hired us. I don't know whether they thought we were any good, but we came at the right price. All I wanted was an opportunity. But at any rate hit, I did not see him in the first one or two games his sophomore year. In those days, there was forced busing in, in, in the Lansing school district. In those days, Lansing Everett was a very predominantly white school, and he was in the neighborhood of Sexton High School, and everybody felt that he'd go to Sexton. There are three public schools in Lansing. That's two of them. And everybody thought he'd end up at Sexton. And uh, but with busing, it changed and he was forced to go to Everett. He wasn't happy about it. He didn't know anybody over there. There were a lot of his younger friends that he grew up with that were at Sexton. It just worked out that he had to go to Everett. But over time, you know, in that sophomore year, I mean, his late coach, George Fox, who died a couple of months ago, you know, George figuring, you know, everybody knew who he was, and George okay. managed to make it work. You know, he was the standout on that team. But after about a second or third game, Fred Stable, who worked at the State Journal and call and uh, covered the games, he said he wanted to get, he said, have I seen him play? And I said, no, I haven't. He says, well, I'm going to give him a nickname will you support it? And I said, so what are you going to call him? And he said, I think I'm going to call him Magic. And I said, that's corny. I don't think that'll ever last. But he put it in the paper. He put it in the paper the next week, and and he always put it in the paper. And, of course, he had the stats and the record to prove it. And sooner or later, it started to catch on. Urban's mother hated that name because she was very religious, and she thought it invoked powers that no human had. Okay. And as polite as polite as she is, She never liked the nickname Magic, never called him that. And a lot of his close friends never called him that either. But worldwide, obviously, that's what he's known as. I never thought it would catch on. And obviously, to this day, everywhere he goes even at his age today, and he's been vacationing uh, in the Mediterranean, which he does every year at this time, people recognize him and call him magic. But it was a magical time clearly around here in the late 70s, both in high school and then, of course, at Michigan State. And then when he left the area, of course, he wasn't. Now the world's got him with the Lakers, the Olympics. Now the world's got him. So the ties and the special times here alone, uh, you know, were fewer and farther between, even though he gets back here and he likes to see the Former people that he was around in those days, uh, it just isn't quite as special and isn't quite as often.
0: That's a spectacular telling of all of that. Tim Stout is joining us. All right, Tim. Uh, Spartans this year. What? What does your gut tell you on the football uh, on the uh, football field for uh, Michigan State?
1: Well, I think they're going to win against Central Michigan and Richmond, and I think they're going to be 2-0, and which is going to give them some confidence for the players who are just getting underway. They're both home games. The weather will be good. Their crowd will be into it. And that sets them up for Game 3 at home at 5 p.m. on September 16th against Washington, who more than likely will come in here ranked in the top 10 with a Heisman candidate, a quarterback and Michael Penix, who threw all over against them last year on the West Coast. So they'll be motivated there. I think the Moons will line up right for them to give it every single thing they possibly have i'm not saying they'll beat washington but i think it will be i think it's a game washington absolutely cannot take lightly if michigan state would win that game then i think they can have a winning season if they don't win that game then they have to in my opinion they have to guard against a letdown the following week with a fourth straight home game against maryland because they won't be as jacked up for that, and Maryland beat them by two touchdowns a year ago. And Maryland's got its own quarterback returning after the Washington, or excuse me, after the Richmond game. The ten games they have left, I think that a lot of those can go either way. They're always better in the big home games, so they'll play Michigan as hard as they possibly can. Penn State's hard to tell at Ford Field at the end because you don't know what their record's going to be or how beat up they're going to be. I somehow think that with all the new players they have they can't be hopeless so i have them in the neighborhood of six and six after they were five and seven a year ago if they were better than that i guess i wouldn't be totally surprised and if they were worse than that i guess i wouldn't be totally surprised i i I think it clearly hurts them when they lost peyton thorn he was a two-year starter he's a great team player he never threw anybody under the bus he was very competitive he's a coach's son He had beaten Michigan. He's played the big teams and been in that arena and can handle it. And I think part of the reason he wasn't as successful last fall was he didn't have Kenneth Walker to hand the ball off, to. And other teams targeted other players offensively without Walker there. And I think that really hurt them. Um, And with a new quarterback, assuming it's Noah Kim, and assuming he doesn't get hurt, they're going to be very tender at that position. I think the first two games, you know, they'll get their legs, their sea legs beating Central Michigan – Richmond, and then how much they improve from those two games to play Washington, I think is kind of going to set them up for the rest of the year, one way or the other.
0: Tim Stout, Stout on Port on sports, excuse me, WILX television, of course, on the game seven thirty. 30 uh, Thoughts on USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten?
1: Well, I think Southern Cal is a, a sleeper this fall. I mean, I know they didn't have a lot of defense last fall, but I think they're on the way up, 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 up. And I think they're going to make it just that much more difficult for other mid-level tier Big Ten schools in football. You know, the Purdue's, the Illinois, the Northwestern's, the Minnesotas, uh, you know, Maryland, Rutgers, all Indiana, maybe Michigan State's going to make it just that much tougher for those teams to advance. It's hard for me to believe that if you don't have some kind of divisions that a lot of those schools are ever going to finish one and two and play in the Big Ten championship game in one division. So assuming that they add somebody else on the West Coast, then they can divide it back into an East-West thing with legitimate West division teams because they would come from the Pacific Coast. And I think that would give other teams at at least a chance. Michigan State doesn't play either Southern Cal or UCLA next year, but they get them both the following year, one home and one away, and then it's like that for everybody moving forward but also with a 12 team playoff you don't need to necessarily be in the Big 10 championship game to still play in the postseason providing you're in that 9 and 3 8 and 4 area with good wins and no bad losses but i think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out cuz we're in uncharted territory where we've never been before and how some of these teams like indiana and rutgers And Maryland and so forth Fair against Southern Cal. That's just one more brutally difficult game for a lot of these teams that they're going to have to play, and for the big teams too. I mean, you know, does Michigan want to play Southern Cal? Think it's a lock win and vice versa? Same thing for Ohio State, Southern Cal, a lock win for either one of them, and vice versa. I mean, somebody's going to get pinned with a loss, and I assume that UCLA is going to continue to move forward, not backward, uh, from where they've been. But Look, it's a different world. My mother, who's 97, asks me all the time, why do they call it the Big Ten when they have 14 schools? Huh. I say that's a little... And she thinks, I'm sorry, it's probably a stupid question. I said, how can it be stupid if the conference name is 10, let alone the other conferences, and that's not the number of schools right. that are in the league. So yeah, well, like the world I told her it's a good... Yeah,
0: it's like the world's upside down these days. But like, I-, I don't know, Mom. <laughs> that's a Gretz to the million-dollar question, you know?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, um, you know, I mean, I always get excited at this time of the year. I mean, Michigan's a wonderful college football, college sports state. I know the Detroits get a lot of publicity in that, but the Detroit pros, you know, have been so inferior, collectively and generally speaking that, you know, it's kind of a Michigan-Michigan State type of state and has been for a long, long time because those schools have generally been successful in a lot of sports, especially Michigan. So there's something for, you know, people, you know, it is a, the bandwagon gets wider, the more that you win. And uh, <laughs> yes. this this is probably going to be, you know, another exciting season. I think one thing that first, you know, this fall, if Michigan State struggles in football, you're just going to hear more about their basketball team because their, you know, their prospects are, pretty high, and and you're going to hear about Michigan football all the way through. I'm a little more guarded about them. But yeah, but we'll, you know, but that's the fun of it, you know, that's the fun of it moving forward, and it never gets old for me. When fall comes around here in the high school football, it's still a big deal across the state of Michigan. I still enjoy it when the weather's good, the high schools and that. I like it all the way across the board. And I think as long as you have that enthusiasm for it, I mean, I get frustrated with the direction of some of these, the money that's come into it at all levels of sport except the high schools. But on the other hand, when the games start to get played, I try to forget all that and just watch the games and enjoy the competition that way.
0: Timmy, you are a legend, and I appreciate your time. Uh, at Tim Stout Ten on Twitter, WILX the Game seven thirty Stout on Sports. And you, hey, you talk about not having energy, but I, I don't believe it because you sound as fresh uh, now as you did when I first started listening to you when I when I was just getting my start in the business. So it's an absolute pleasure talking to you, my friend.
1: Anytime. I appreciate Keep up the great work Until Bill better not rest on his laurels. You can take over for him at any time, and yeah. you can tell him I said that.
0: Yeah, then. I appreciate that, Timmy. All right, there you go. How about that? Stout. Timmy, love him. Did I say Stout on Ports at one time? I think I did. You did, yeah. Stout on Ports. Oh. Start telling us about boats and yes, stuff. Yes, Tim Stout Stout on Ports. Oh, yeah. San Francisco, Grand Haven, whatever. Timmy's got all the ports. God, what an idiot I am.